Welcome everybody to the cast from the coast. My name is Adam Oz and I'm joined as always by Josh Lambert and Tim Johnson. Brendan hopefully will be joining us probably at a midsection of the episode tonight. And unfortunately, Aaron cannot join us. So, you know, let's just move on with the episode today. Tim, what are we talking about? We are continuing a nightmare on Elm Street with a nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Stay tuned. Tim, please regale us with the synopsis. Prepared to be regaled. Preparing. <laughs> a psychiatrist familiar with a knife-wielding dream demon, Freddy Krueger helps teens at a mental hospital to battle the killer who's invading their dreams. <laughs> Excellent. So, as me and Tim have said before, this is where things get good, by the way. This is, this the, is my favorite. This is my favorite in the series. I'm unbashedly <laughs> going to say that because you know I'm going to give this a positive review. I've already said it Fuck many yeah. fucking times in the past. So here we go. So we have now the return of Nancy, by the way. We have yep. a new group of kids living in and around Elm Street that are all being subjected to a very, very, very common theme in their nightmares. <laughs> Freddy Krueger has appeared and is trying to kill them off. And some of them have been killed by this point. And they're all in a, in an Institute basically for, for mental health crisis. And they're being monitored. They're going through their, their regular stuff. And here comes Nancy who has returned to the series. She is now, uh, she's, she's gone through like university college, whatever it might be. She's got her basically like she's working on a doctorate of like uh, sleep and mental and psychiatry and all this kind of stuff. And she is coming in to help study this scenario where these kids are mass dreaming about something. And she comes to find out that it's Freddy Krueger. Freddy's back. He is invading the dreams of kids, trying to kill kids. And he does. And she does the most amazing thing in this movie. She teaches the kids to weaponize themselves in the <laughs> dreams, which is fucking 
dope in my opinion. Like this is like I said, this is where it's, it becomes really fun because in this part of the series, it's all about taking it back. It's no longer just about fighting Freddy on his own terms. This is about, you know, really stepping up and, and, and becoming, you know, the aggressive force against Freddy at this point. So, you know, do you want to know what bugs me? What's that? Is that this actually feels like it should have been a nightmare on Elm street part two. Yeah. It's almost like part two never happened. Yeah. Very, but I mean, but even what we were saying, you know, last time with, you know, the fact that it was a major departure of, you know, the story from the first one yeah, with characters and stuff like Nancy's back, John Saxon's back. Like it just, the the team's back together again. They got the band back together. Right. So I don't know. It just, it feels to me like this, this really is part two. In, in a lot of people's minds, this is part two, because as we discussed, part two has a universal hatred behind it for a lot of fans. You know, they don't like the fact that part two exists for many different reasons. This really does feel like more of a natural sequel. It, it really does. And, and I'll agree to that because what I love is, is the, is the major differences. Like in the first one, the Elm street house was Nancy's house. That's where the shit happened. It was Nancy's house. But in this one, they refer to it as his house and it's all abandoned. And every time you see it, it's like run down and I love it. And this is where it becomes even creepier because you have the kids now and they're, they're singing the jingles and, and you, you get basically the house itself turns into an extension of the boiler room. Right. You know, and it becomes the creepy friggin' place from people's dreams where they meet with Freddie and Nancy's introduced to her own house, reintroduced to her own house again. But, you know, now that it's Freddy's house. And I love yeah. that. Like, she kind of sees that happen and, you know, it kind of drags her into the scenario closer. So what a comeback story for Nancy, though. Mm. She did good for herself. Good, good for Nancy. Absolutely. Didn't let that nonsense, you know, <laughs> make her crazy and a homeless person. Her parents are dead. She she pulled herself up by the bootstraps, went to university, got herself an education. Good for Nancy. I love it. I love it. And and you know to to to, to go into it further too, just a little bit here. I love some of the throwbacks that will occur in later in the series, because this is the first one where we're introduced to Hypnosil. Yeah, which is yeah. the drug of choice going further into the series. It's always referred to later on in the series, though the you know the the drug that kids are taking to not sleep. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, uh, or to battle the, the, the sleep problems that they have, stuff like that. So yeah, this, this movie has a lot in it and this movie really does ring in my opinion, true eighties slasher, the vibe. I watched a Blu-ray copy of this when I watched it again this week. And I got to tell you, this movie is fucking well filmed. Yeah. Almost entirely compared to any of the other ones in the series. This one is crisp looking. Like it's got great visuals, great camera angles, good, you know, amazing direction. The color palettes are amazing. They burst on screen when you're watching it. I love this movie. Like this, this is, in my opinion, this is peak Freddy. Yeah. This is kind of the Freddy we all know and love at this point. Mm. Like it's, it's almost like the, the evil dead Two ash scenario where now he's kind of developed into his character Mm. he's at this point pretty much for the rest of the series this is the freddy we see yeah exactly exactly all right so with that 
Josh, I want to hear your notes on this movie. Yeah. So I got to say, I haven't seen Nightmare 3 since I was probably like 12 or 13. Nice. And I always remembered it as being like my least favorite. I just, for whatever reason, I remember the kid from Dungeons and Dragons and it being so <laughs> fucking weeny. Like the, the, the dude's like pretending to be a wizard and he's fighting Freddy with wizard powers. And I remember him beating Freddy with the wizard powers, which it obviously isn't what happened. Nope. So my 12 my year old memory uh, served me incorrectly, but that, that was what I always remembered from this movie and not like the awesome puppet Freddy. When that showed on, I completely had forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the prime time bitch. I mean, that's classic Freddy. Everyone knows that scene, but okay. Um, uh, is the little girl in yellow at the start? One of Freddy's victims. Yes. So she's like running through the halls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, and that's, that's why she says, this is where he brings us. And then you see the skeletons in there and then she turns into a skeleton and shit. It's supposed to be kind of like the soul of one of his victims. Like before he died, I guess. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. I would assume because he was after like, he was after like the young kids before he died. And then he was after basically anybody who was underage when he did die and he could enter their dreams. So, yeah. Uh, they're running through the hallways and Aaron would have spotted this out. Uh, it's obviously a doll that she's carrying. Like it's really obvious. It's like and that was on like a shitty VHS copy. I couldn't imagine on a Blu-ray. <laughs> Someone's truck is going wow. by. <laughs> uh, so the razor reveal is exactly what we wanted from part two. Uh, Freddie gets in your head and makes you do stuff like that's, that's the reveal we wished was in part two. Yeah. Uh, Christine is doing an absolute horrible job of convincing anyone that she's not crazy. Uh, you're, you're acting like a lunatic. You're going to get locked up. Uh, Heather's all grown up. And then, uh, surprise, surprise, I didn't expect to see uh, Cowboy Curtis in this film. He's there, just working as an orderly. I love Cowboy Curtis. And he's and he goes by Larry Fishburn. <laughs> Larry Fishburn. <laughs> uh, the teardrop tattoo. Is this guy like straight up a murderer? It's not even a tattoo. It's like gone later. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> uh, Nancy has the power to jump into their dreams. Never mind, Christine can pull people into her dreams. Completely forgot about that. Uh, the old stand guard tactic. The, the tried and true. I'm going to sleep. You wake me up if I start having a nightmare. It never works. So it's not tried and true. It's tried and failed. Yeah, tried and failed. What is so hard about just staying awake for these poor people? Uh, Springwood is a pretty small town. I reckon everyone would know Nancy as the crazy police chief's daughter at this point. Like, it's a pretty small town in America. I mean, Mm. news travels pretty quick uh her mom committed suicide she got locked up with bars on her window because she's a crazy lady she's a police chief's daughter all these things kind of line in and as soon as they saw nancy like aren't you that crazy lady <laughs> that crazy lady <laughs> uh we get puppet freddy which is quite possibly one of the best freddy uh variations mm-hmm. uh the tendons as puppet strings is extremely gross and gory it's beautiful yeah uh this place's security is pretty trash to be honest uh this is like a mental institution these people are at risk of hurting themselves or others uh security is pretty lacking 
Uh, we get our classic primetime bitch, Tim's favorite. How can you possibly explain that? She put her head through a TV six feet up off the ground, and no one's even questioning it. Uh, new rules establishment. Freddy's souls need to be laid to rest. Uh, Freddy's remains, rather, needs to be laid to rest in order for him to stop. Uh, you are the last of the Elm Street children. This is Freddy's true revenge. So, so what do they mean by that? The last of the Elm Street children. Like they're the descendants of the last people that burned Freddy up? I think that's what it's referring to. That's that's the that's the theory that I've always fallen under and that I've heard other people say. These are the last yeah. people that are directly related in some hmm. fashion to the ones in that town that, that yeah. burned him up. Uh <laughs> so in their wildest dreams, like straight up, you can be anything. And the one girl's like, I can do somersaults. The other guy's a wizard, and in your wildest dream, your greatest superpower is doing somersaults. Uh, the gratuitous 80s nudity scene with the nurse, uh, a staple requirement in any 80s horror film. Yep. Uh, what's Freddy's deal with his tongue? He's always licking people and getting people to lick him, and it's weird. Yeah, totally is. I mean, in, in the first one, the phone is infamous. Yeah. And you get the, the classic uh, goes to their car with a, a box of junk because they just got fired scene. It's in like every film ever. That's how you know it's I mean, real. Yeah, that's how you know you got fired. When you got your little box with your little trophies and your paperwork in it. Uh, Amanda Kruger, uh, mother of the son of a thousand maniacs. So we get that origin. Uh, who steals a cross from a church? That's like a mega sin. Like, you can't just go into a church and steal a cross. Uh, let's go kick this motherfucker's ass all over Dreamland. If that's not the tagline of the film, I don't know what should be. Uh, we get the all was a dream fake out. Your favorite, my one of my favorite non-Freddy Freddies is Suit Freddy. Whenever I get to see Suit Freddy, that uh, tickles me pink. Uh, the winking belly button on the arm was kind of weird. So the wizard mastered scene is silly. It's one of the main reasons I didn't like it as a kid. I thought it was stupid. Uh, for some reason, I remember him like beating him with like a, a fireball or something. I think I just got it crossed over some, some shitty D&D &D movie I saw probably the same time. I cast magic missile. Yo, <laughs> Yo Freddy. Where you hiding at, you burnt-faced pussy. Quote. Uh, she's just doing Power Ranger flips. Like, that's her special power. She just does Power Ranger flips. And she does a ton of them. Uh, the souls of children give him strength. So, new canon established. Uh, when they get to the spot where Freddy's skeleton is ridiculously dancing around... That car lot always reminds me of 13 Ghosts. Mm, the opening scene, yeah. Yeah, I think car lots are forever ruined for me from that film. It's a good film. Yeah, and the, and the, uh, the Skellington dancing around is like super Jason the Argonauts, that same kind of style. Total Harryhausen. Yeah. Uh, stabbed with his own claw. Is that really hollow ground if you just splash water on it and say a little prayer? I always thought hollow ground had to be like a 
church ground or graveyard. I don't think you need to splash some holy water on it. Wouldn't priests just go out in the rain and just start praying and then like the whole world's holy around? Yeah, but that's logic, Josh. We're not bringing logic yeah. into this shit. Come on. Uh, Kruger's mother's existence means ghosts exist in this Elm Street canon in addition to Freddy. So completely unrelated to Freddy, there's also ghosts. And the lights at the end of the dollhouse means there's no happy ending, which is one of my prerequisites. And those are my notes. Those are your notes. Notes by Josh. Notes by Josh. All right, everybody, we're going to take just a five... Well, like a five second, 10 second, 30 second. I don't know. I can't keep a track of it anymore. Break. Just uh, want to let you hear from a friend of ours. We'll be right back. Angela from Sleepaway Camp, and you're listening to They Cast from the Coast. Yeah! Hey there, it's Deborah Voorhees from Friday the 13th, Part 5, and you are listening to They Cast from the Coast. Hello everybody, I am Fabio Frizzi and you are listening to Daycast from the Coast. Hi everybody, this is Vincent DeSanti, the writer and director of Friday the 13th fan film Never Hike Alone, and you are listening to the great commentary of They Cast from the Coast. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check out Never Hike Alone, which is streaming for free on YouTube right now. All right, everybody, welcome back, Brendan! Yay! joined us just in time brendan because we just finished with josh's notes and he explained to us why he thought the movie was shitty when he was a kid but he's looking back on it better now so i want to hear what brendan a horror noob, has to say about this movie brendan brendan horror noob so as you guys know we were watching a nightmare on elm street three dream warriors a great year year i was born directed by chuck russell starring freddy krueger first off it looked like a pretty sweet retro video game, like the actual cover. They're not the cover, but the poster. It looked like a really sweet retro video game. Love that. And uh, everyone tells me that it's the last Jedi of the series, so I'm excited right away. Uh, 
Before I carry on, though, uh, this this podcast is sponsored by Moosehead Rattler. <laughs> Takes the summer in a can. No, no, it's not sponsored by them unless they're paying us something or giving us extra Moosehead Rattlers. Come it on, Moosehead. Like it tastes like lawsuit. It tastes like lawsuit. Okay, so it opens up, ominous quote, Sir, Sir Edward. Edward Allen Poe, is that right? Edward. Sure is. Edgar Mr. Poe. Anyways. So, and then it spun right into the ominous 80s keyboarding, which is super cool. Uh, very interesting that Lawrence Fishburne was referred to as Larry Fishburne in those days. So it makes him sound like a cartoon character. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll just say right off the bat, I enjoyed the movie. It was a lot of fun. It was funny. The, the, the violence was awesome. The special effects were awesome. Uh, except for the, the fake little girl. That <laughs> girl was staring around. <laughs> it was very clearly a fake little girl. You didn't know uh, don't know what you're talking oh about. God. Yeah, but then they redeem themselves with the the sink faucet scene. That was awesome. It, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, we're going right into this." That so, always reminds me of it. Yeah. yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. Um, so I thought that scene was really cool. Uh, everyone clearly forgot about. Uh, a couple years ago when <laughs> Freddy Krueger terrorized 20 people at a pool. So the kids are crazy. <laughs> okay? The, it's just parents just don't understand. You know what I mean? All right, Fresh Prince. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then they brought Nancy back, mm. which you guys alluded to the fact that this was going to happen. And I thought it was quite awesome. It was awesome. So... Like I said, it was a classic case of parents not believing their kids. And let's just put them right in the hospital. So classic horror trope. Cried wolf. Uh, the uh, the dream sequences were fantastic at only like 20 minutes in. Hmm. I forget what it was at about 20 minutes in, but I remember writing down. <laughs> I wrote, this I wrote was it down awesome. For, <laughs> yeah, I wrote it down for a reason that, uh, no, it was super cool. Oh, that's what it was. The... Uh, I just had to read the line below it. Uh, she was in the house, and then Nancy went all faded into the chair and went into mm. her dream, into the dream state. Yeah. But the the tearing up of the room effect, like it looked like there was actually something, and then the way it went up the wall, it was just like... It was really I liked cool. It. I liked it. It was really cool. Uh, the puppet Mary, marionette version of Freddy... Pretty cool. Dope. Although I will say my Josh thing is... Josh was ready. Josh was I ready. I was ready. I was like, don't you dare talk shit about Puppet Freddy. It was pretty cool, but I will say <laughs> puppets and dolls in general, I don't like them. The EB my GBs. I don't like it. Uh, but then the vein pulling scene. Mm. It's uh, one of my favorite deaths in I'm the sure entire you guys series. About this yeah, it, it, was, it was gruesome and it was cool as hell. Uh, Here we go. The special effects and humor on point, especially for the TV scene. I think Tim alluded to this one here in prime time, bitch. Fucking love it. Uh, Classic. Classic. But, and I I must not pay attention. Did they still try to play that off as a suicide? So, yeah. Yeah. Somehow jumped. How the hell did you get up six feet? Thank you. Thank you. Any forensic analysis or scientist or investigator worth anything would know 
this ain't right. Well, that's peculiar. Like a lot of, I I think the orderlies, if that's what they're called in the in the asylum, would be under investigation for murder at the very least. I I think the problem is the Elm Street Police Department knows about Freddy. Just covering that shit up. So they just cover it up every time it happens. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, mysterious ghost lady. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't aware. I was if I was supposed to know of her or not. Like if she was talked about because it kind of seemed like it was like a familiar character. But I was like, did I miss something? But no, we're good. I found out later as I continued to watch the movie that not an issue. It's okay. Um, the last of the Elm Street children. I wrote that down because I thought that just had a cool ring to it. Like a mm-hmm. like a band or like a posse. We're the <laughs> last children of Elm Street, bitch. You know? Dream Warriors, they're like the first Avengers of the Freddy series. So it's like Freddy versus like the superhero kids. But they just don't know what what their powers are yet and they don't know what they're doing. They just they kind of sucked. Although the one chick knew how to backflip, no problem. <laughs> and frontflip. Yeah. Somersault. And again with the the fake tongue gags. They, they like the tongue action. Man, this, and Brandon, this. you have no idea how in sync we are. <laughs> the tongues, <laughs> but like multiple tongues. Yep. It's like when a creature shoots like spines out of its back or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, the chest carving, I read it in Scary Terry's voice, and it just <laughs> made it so sweet for me. Bridge. 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 Uh, more familiar faces. Papa, Papa Cop was there. Yay. Um, made it feel more connected to the overall theme of everything else. It was very cohesive after that. The uh, sneaky dreams that make Blondie think that she was in a mental hospital, that it was all a dream she was there, was kind of cool. Just sort of played it the same way again. And uh, that could fool most people, I think, especially if they're so sleep deprived from being hunted by a supernatural monster mm. that, you know, those vivid dreams could totally make them think that way. I said, where's the fucking bourbon? Mm. <laughs> it was a fantastic line. <laughs> that could seat. be a T-shirt. Yeah. Freddy's I said, face. where's the fucking bourbon? Uh, Double Switchblade Chick was the epitome of 80s badassery. Yep. She was like the uh, the Hela or the Loki of... <laughs> Freddie's face makeup, I found, and his profile set seemed less pronounced. And for me, it was kind of like less scary this time around. I don't know what it was. There was a certain scenes where I was like, well, it just looks like it wasn't done as creepy. Like it was creepy. Yeah. But as it progresses, it, it almost gets more cartoony. Yeah, maybe that's what it was like. This is maybe the start of that. Yeah, you, you'll you'll notice that because uh, Kevin Yeager did the effects in this one too, so he used all the same molds for the same prosthetics. It's just in like number two, we'll say, and number one, he's very shadowed. He's darker. He's got a little bit more of like a, a sweaty look to him or glistening look to him. In this Dewey. one, it's just kind of like sweaty, dry sweaty. burn victim. Sweaty, yeah, sweaty. It's <laughs> sweaty face. Uh, Needle Finger Freddy. Dope. Uh, was cool. But, yeah, I, I feel like, is it, and Tim, you might be able to uh, think, think this as well, that was, do you think that was inspiration for the Batman Arkham Scarecrow? The Maybe. Needle, 
needle yeah. fingers. Because Maybe. They both deal in fear and manipulating fear. I'm just like, that's it's pretty badass. I would, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. I would see that they, and be like, absolutely. That's a cool idea. And you want to know what's funny? I didn't even notice that until right now when you said that. Yeah. Well, so I'm was that for. character in like any of the older comics before Freddy? I don't know if he had the needle, like a needle. No, he, that was, was like, that was a look was, just for like Arkham. Yeah. Yeah. They made him very horror esque. Uh, yeah. So that just, that stood out for me. Um, the Dream Warriors, they needed more training with their powers for taking on the big bad evil <laughs> and to I do mean, less backflips yeah less backflips that poor chair got twisted to pieces nice i wasn't a fan of freddy's voice as much in this one there were some scenes where it was very modular or modulated like like he's like witness protection almost <laughs> nice <laughs> all right brendan i'm gonna get you to finish up your notes when we actually uh come around to to giving our final thoughts Tim, do you have any quick yeah. trivia that you want to throw at the crowds first? Oh, you're just, you're just gonna. I'm asking if any? you do, because if you do, that means it's trivia time for Tim. There's always trivia. Excellent. We'll take a couple of minutes. We'll do some trivia, and then we're gonna give our final thoughts on this movie. And Brendan, you can finish a couple of those thoughts. And yeah, uh, I got like four bullets left. Excellent. You can use those in your final thoughts for sure. I'm gonna. Is there any BS in this, Tim? No. <laughs> Just go. No, no, no BS. As you can see, I, I moved, so I had no time to think of Bologna. fake ones. Yeah. Bologna. So it's all the real deal. Okay. okay. Here we go. All right. Okay. So this one. For the greatest fake out of our age. I know. <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> all bullshit. I believe him. Okay. So Josh might find this one interesting, and he probably already knows it. But the Freddy Glove that was stolen from the set was found in another movie hanging on the wall of the workshed in Evil Dead 2, released that same year. It's part of a continued banter between directors Wes Craven and Sam Raimi, See the Hills Have Eyes, The Evil Dead, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and Evil Dead 2. For more. Mm. There's a couple like that. There's a girl watching Critters in this one, too. What? Who made that? Because that's like another little dig. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but, one, but go ahead. Uh, Jennifer Rubin was told by some of her fans that her character of Taryn had caused them to quit drugs, and the actress is very proud of that. Cool. Once, after a very long day on set, Mr. Robert England fell asleep in his dressing room, still in full Freddy makeup. <laughs> when he awoke and looked in the mirror, he got a terrible fright. <laughs> Imagine. Freddy Krueger fucking scared himself. <laughs> That's the false one. That's <laughs> uh, so funny. It's so funny. Uh, for one week during filming, Robert England was working 24 hours every day. By day, he was wrapping up fil filming on his television series, Downtown, and then he would report for A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 Dream Warrior Warriors set at night. Wow. That sucks. Wonder why he doesn't uh, want to do more Freddies. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> uh, Wes Craven had nothing to do with this first sequel, A Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, as he didn't believe the Elm Street series was capable of spawning a franchise. The success of the second film, outgrossing, outgrossing the original, convinced him otherwise. Uh, according to Wes Craven, the idea for the mental hospital 
was not just some riff on one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I can't speak tonight. I haven't had enough coffee today. I'm right tired. Anyways, but instead inspired by real life establishments at that time, there was some kind of movement of such places that even advertised on television. Send your problem child to us and we'll make them okay. And essentially they were like prisons or insane asylums. It's funny. I watched a documentary on that last night. Uh, this is the first writing credit for Oscar-nominated writer and director Frank Darabont. Oh, there you go. This is the film debut debut of Patricia Arquette. Who was she again? She was the little blonde one. The main character. Uh, yeah. Oh. I forget she her name. Stuff? Notable things? Yeah, she's in all kinds of stuff. But that's not part of Trivia Time with Tim. So, <laughs> next time. Let me get down. to those movies. Settle down. Uh, the only film out of the first six movies not to begin with a nightmare scene. Um, sort of did. Didn't it? I kind of did. Yeah. It turned into a nightmare scene. Yeah. yeah. More specifically. Yeah. Um, originally, Taryn's character's head was to explode after being injected with Freddy's syringes, but unfortunately, it looked too fake. I had another one, and I don't know. Uh, this film takes place in 1990. I don't know if you guys knew that. I don't know. Um, where'd it go? It's gone. It's gone. This is the third highest grossing uh, of the original Nightmare movies after Freddy vs. Jason and A Nightmare in Elm Street Part 4. I can see that. Sweet. All right, last one. Robert England wrote a treatment for this movie. Unfortunately, it was not used. And that is Trivia Time with Tim. Trivia Very Time with Tim! <laughs> Only rush because tonight's a, a, a different night. So, But uh, Josh, why don't you give us your final thoughts on this movie and uh, give it your rating, please. So... As you guys mentioned earlier, I remember disliking this movie quite a bit. Uh, I've turned that around full fold. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. We get Freddy Snake. We get Puppet Freddy. We get Suit Freddy. We get some classic Freddies in this one. We get Primetime Bitch. We get uh, lots of good gore. We, we get the origin for Amanda Krueger. Um, there's not much I can really say that I dislike about this. Other than the the kind of silly cheesiness, but I like that anyways, really. So I, I can't really gripe about it. But it sometimes it gets a little silly with the dream sequences, like the Power Ranger backflips. Um, overall, uh, I'm going to rate this an R. Uh, I highly recommend. Um, still like the original more, but it, it's currently sitting at the best uh, sequel for me. My favorite thing about Freddy is even when you beat him, you don't really beat him. He's always back by the end of the, the movie. He's a motivational poster, if nothing yeah. else. <laughs> nice. They beat he you never down. stops. <laughs> Excellent. So we got an R. Excellent. I'll go next, because Tim always complains that I, I always go last, so I'm going next. This is my favorite 
of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. This is Pinnacle Freddy for me. It, like you said, Josh, it's got some of the best one-liners. It's got some great deaths. The the actual uh, puppeteering with the fucking mm. arteries and shit. That, that, that's amazing. I love that. That's great stuff. Um, and it segments into uh, a better part of the series, in my opinion, where things kind of actually connect a little bit more. This connects to the first one. And then you'll see as we go along that there's more connections and callbacks to the series. They don't all seem kind of like, you know, drop in lone movies anymore. This kind of really kind of brings a lot of those together. Uh, this, this to me, if I was to choose any Nightmare on Elm Street movie to watch on a rainy day, this is the one that I put on. It's just the way that it is. It's beautiful. I love it. I'm giving it an R period. Tim. Well, because you're rushing everything, I give it an R. Really? I thought this would get an X from you. No, Isn't this your an, absolute it, Freddy? It is my absolute Freddy. Um, it's 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 my favorite out of all of them. Um, yeah, it's I just I love everything about it. I share a lot of the same thoughts uh, you and Adam do. Um, welcome to primetime, bitch. That's like pure fucking freddy and you're right um how you you find out about freddy's mom um was really cool um and wes craven was back for this so you know this 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 is this is my favorite one i give it an r r rating from tim brendan finish your bullet points and give us your rating i'll just skim through them okay uh I'll just throw it right into the my 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 little my rating. So I thought it was a great movie. The super cheesy skeleton battle scene aside, <laughs> all the special effects were pretty top top notch. It was funny. It was gory. It was you could tell it was kind of starting to build somewhere. Throwing in the origin of Freddy's mama, Mama Krug, and uh, it it yeah. I think I still do like the first one more. I believe I gave that one an X for excellent or extreme, whatever the X stands for. Uh, so I'm going to give it an R for Rattler. No, no, you're not giving it an R for Rattler. Stop. It might be a lawsuit. <laughs> I recommend it. Absolutely. It, it was a fun time. It was fun. It was gory campy at times but it kept pulled itself back to being more gory than it was cheese it's the freddy we all love yeah mm. yeah he has he has knives on his fingers yeah sometimes <laughs> in the in the end um you know with with the ray harryhausen type skeleton battle and everything else um the only thing that i'll really say because we've already kind of said our parts about things the only thing that ever really annoyed me about the effects in this movie when i watched it on blu-ray this time around when the writing is on the chest if you look very Mm. carefully at the bitch if you look very carefully you can see the outline of the prosthetics pretty bad edges on it and the h itself is lifting it's actually bubbling on the edges and you can see like under the prosthetic that would not stand for Aaron. That no, Aaron would probably have a shit fit on this one. So I'm just going to bring it up that, you know, re- <laughs> I'm still giving it an sake. R. I love this fucking movie. 
And, but I looked at that and I went, Ooh, that's going to sit with me for the rest of my life. Now, every time I watch this fucking movie and I love it, I'm going to see that. Yeah. But you know what? It, that's, 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 that's your fault. It is because this movie was fucking made for VHS and shitty movie projectors. Yeah. If if you're watching that in Blu-ray in high resolution and you're seeing seams, that's on you. That's on you. Honestly, the only time a horror movie made in the 80s should be released on Blu-ray is if it is touched up and it has a crew of people making sure that kind of stuff gets fixed in post. They should not port VHS quality to a Blu-ray. That just seems dumb. So I will change my rating. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. Excellent. All right. Anything else that anybody wants to add to this conversation for the night? Because if not, we're going to wrap things up here in a minute. No, no. Brendan, Brendan's happy. Josh is happy. Josh, you finally love this movie. I I thoroughly enjoy this movie. I no longer remember it for just that one scene with a kid shooting a fireball and killing Freddy, which doesn't even happen. (laughs) All right, Tim, you're happy with this movie. The movie, yeah. Okay, good, good. We're all good. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and watching this live episode of They Cast from the Coast. Check us out as you probably have. We're available when we go live now on YouTube as well as Twitch, and uh, we'll be sharing around links on uh, Facebook. Check us out, Misunderstood Our Company, on all of those platforms, and They Cast from the Coast specifically is the channel title on Twitch. We are also on Patreon. Open up your hearts and your wallets. Tim requires more caffeine because he didn't have very much today. And uh, don't forget to check out all of the uh, audio capable versions of this podcast on uh, all the major audio podcasts and platforms, including but not limited to iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. You know where it is. Check it out. Everybody Googles and the The Googles and the the YouTubes and everything else on the internet. And until next time, Josh, Let's go kick this motherfucker's ass all over Dreamland. Brendan? Still don't know what to say, do you? Taste it. Just taste the summer. (laughs) Just taste the summer. (laughs) Shit, dude. And Tim. Stay safe. Stay spooky. Stay classy. Oh! Oh, Oh, I love it. Wow. (laughs) They were just... (laughs) They were on my desk. Never wear them again. Keep it creepy, everybody. See you next time. Good night.